1: The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast, Thursday, July 22nd. Recording, this will drop July 23rd. Eric Newman, BJ Armstrong, my man, how are
0: you? Oh, Eric, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Doing great. I was just listening to my man, Master Ace, Son of Ivan's, you know, M.A. Doom. I know you down with hip hop, so uh, shout out to Ace in the late great. In the late great, M.F. Doom, the late great.
1: Of all the things we've talked about the last two plus years, like I have not soaked up enough of your music knowledge yet. So for me, that is gonna be a goal when we are quiet in August, I am going to be bothering you for some uh, required listening Ooh. playlists from the deep in the archives. So my my August plan is to continue to try to get my, my ass back into shape. Continue okay. to work on finally having some sort of a tan. Okay. And, um, and then really get after it uh, creatively and just... Just, uh, you know, expanding all of my uh, creative and artistic horizons. Now so, you're talking about, now you're talking about language. Yeah, for now sure, for sure, for sure. And, and you know, uh, who knows what could, who knows what can come out of that. You and I are destined to uh, create something besides pure goodness basketball content every week. So we're going to have to uh, figure that out. But you're, you're post-workout right now. You, you may workout you, as as they used to say it, uh, as they used as they used to say at the uh, the Passover table, you've got quite a schwitz right now. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, quite got, yeah, you've got you know. quite a. That's the thing about in L.A. too. If I do a workout in the morning, and then I have to go somewhere, like it takes me fifteen minutes to stop sweating after I get out of the shower. I got it's a nice. I got a nice, got a nice lather,
0: Eric. I'm doing great today. I got a nice lather. I'm standing here to my left. I wish you could see it. I don't think the camera can catch it. I got both of my technique turntables t- set up. I got all of my vinyl right in front of me. I got the microphone right in front of me. And I got the headphones. And I'm sitting here with my man, Enu. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good right now. So let's
1: get into it. Let's get into it. So, So before we... Actually, you know what? I'm going to save this for... The end when we talk about the draft. Okay. I I had a discovery on television the other night, and I did not uh, capture it and send it to you because uh, the phone was on the other side of the room, and I was too comfortable. But uh, I'll get to that in a moment. NBA Finals 2021. Congratulations, Milwaukee Bucks. Woo-hoo! Much respect to the Phoenix Suns, but... Uh, we got treated, uh, I think, to a very entertaining and inspiring six-game series. Let's start with your reaction to the Milwaukee Bucks, NBA champions for the first time in 50 years.
0: What an amazing accomplishment for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, it's just what a road. And, you know, their their road to the championship mimics what you used to see in the NBA. You fall down, you get back up. You fall down, you get back up. You got to have those tough losses so that you can respect when you have an opportunity to win. And give all of those players credit for falling down six times and getting up seven. Give the coaching staff, in particular, Coach Bud, credit. His staff along with himself, when they got hot in that kitchen there, because everyone was calling for him, his job, everyone was talking about him. He stood in the kitchen. He stood there with his team. He didn't stand in front of him. He didn't stand beside behind him. He stood right beside him. He stood there. He didn't let the noise distract what he, he was there to do. And they got it done. So this team, congrats! They've earned it. It's it, it, they fought for it. They believed in one another, but most importantly, they walked there together. So uh, and, and give the the city of Milwaukee what a turnout! I mean, when you get eighty thousand plus people in one space, sixty—they said over sixty thousand people was outside. Yep, yep. It, it's just it's just amazing. So what a great great you know, accomplishment for them. And of course the Phoenix Suns, right? You know, those are always tough and they had a great season. And I don't think too many people were expecting them to advance, let alone to get to the finals, be up 2-0 in the finals. So Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, wow. Chris Paul, wow. You know, I know people were saying, but that's an amazing accomplishment for a 36-year-old point guard. play at this level at this age so it was a great season and a lot of positives and i'm i'm really looking forward to next season because you know there's a lot of parody now in the nba there's a lot of parody eric i'm excited this this season more than any other season for quite some time for me you're going to look around and it's not going to be like well this team is going to win it or this team is hey the milwaukee bucks we got to see the health of brooklyn the lakers what is the Clippers going to do? What is Phoenix going to do? The best record in the league last year was, you know, the Utah Jazz. The what's Denver going to do? What are Denver the Warriors going to do? do? What are the Celtics going to do? do? What are the Hawks going to do? It, what are it, the Knicks going to do? do? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's up. So I'm excited. It's great. Great, great season for these guys to finish up through all the adversity, like everyone else in the world. And uh, it was like, very exciting.
1: So I'm glad you mentioned – um get knocked down, get back up, get knocked down, get back up. Very similar to, um, and it's, you know, just historically when you look at it, it's happened in both conferences, but it's happened in more of an obvious way, whether we're talking 80s into 90s or uh, late 2000s into uh, 2010s, teens. um, Teams and players um, taking the torch – Winning and then passing the torch to the next teams in line who were climbing that mountaintop, uh, had the heartbreaks, had the battles, and then finally got there. So obviously uh, in the 80s, we're talking Sixers, Celtics, Pistons, and then of course to your Bulls with the Knicks and the Pacers and the Heat uh, battling along the way in the 90s. And then obviously uh, the... Pistons, the Cavs before LeBron left, the big three Celtics, LeBron going to Miami, and then this Milwaukee journey uh, the last few years has been really interesting to see. And that of course starts with Giannis and the organization, um, and, and the organization um, believing in him and thinking that they can build around him. And now we see uh, what the result is. So that leads me to this question. And you brought up parody. Um, you know, this is a small market team. This is a team with a proud and loyal fan base, but this is a team that has not won since Louell Cinder and Oscar Robertson in 1971. So what does this mean to Milwaukee? And you started to uh, address it. What does it mean to Milwaukee? And what does it mean to the league?
0: Well, I think for the league, the league can finally move in the direction because there's a player that has emerged from all of the great players that are in the NBA. The NBA is full of great players and great talent. Out of that greatness, there has emerged the best player. Giannis is the best player in the NBA. We are currently now in the age of Giannis. He's emerged as the next player for the next generation. He's emerged. Now... You say, well, BJ, why, why why do you say that? Because when you look at Giannis, there isn't a player that can stop him in what he does in an NBA game. He has emerged as the most complete player on the offensive end because of his ability just to attack the basket in a very unique way. And I'm saying this, Eric, about a player who is an unfinished product. He's an unfinished product. Why do which is, I say that? Which
1: is, which is scary.
0: scary. Which is scary. He, he doesn't have a consistent jump shot yet. He doesn't have a three ball yet. And he's scoring 50 points in a closeout game. So making, which, his, ma- making, making his free, his free throws, throws. And
1: don't forget, we've only seen the beginnings of what he does in the post. He Just has, the beginnings.
0: Yes. He, he, he doesn't have a go-to move yet. You can't say he's just a low-pulse player. You can't just say he's just a player who can play downhill. This player is right in front of us. He has emerged as the most unique player. And he's the first Giannis in the NBA. The only player that I can compare him to, because I'm watching him, I'm, I'm going, wow, I haven't seen a player like this. So I haven't seen a player that can that is seven, a seven-footer, can rebound it, push it out, Euro step, right hand, left hand shoot 60 70 percent in the key get to the free throw line physical fast athletic I said the only other player that I can see him on the offensive end is Will Chamberlain that's the only other athlete I've seen that moves like this and on the defensive end I want to say this one on the defensive end. Because just as good and as excited I am about him as an offensive player and what he could be. Because we know he's going to get further and further away from the basket as he matures. He's going to stretch his game out further and further away. He's like the Big Dipper. He can run with the... Ba- I mean, that one play he made on the alley did you see how far back he started and got down the court to get that alley Just look at the- I mean, Eric, he moves... We're, We're talking about game five
1: game from, five. from yeah, Holiday? I mean, oh, unbelievable. He, I, I, mean, I, okay. I never thought the... I, I thought, uh, and I can't remember if we've talked about this already, but I, I never thought um, the play would be completed. I, I thought I, he was moving I, too fast, I, asking, and Holiday threw it too late, fri- and it was perfect. It was absolutely okay. perfect.
0: So, offensively, I'm saying this guy runs like Wilt. Like, Wilt is the only guy I've seen with that level of limp. But you know what's frightening to me? As as I'm talking about him on the offensive end, he plays so hard, Eric, that there's only one player that I've seen on tape. I've never seen him with my my own eyes, but I've seen him on tape. He's Bill Russell on the defensive end. This guy contests and gives multiple efforts on the defensive end like I've never seen. He's some cross between Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. I've never seen a player play this hard. At this size. Eric, when you call a timeout, it's not because they need to fi- the design the designer play. They just need to let him sit down <laughs> for for 35, 40 seconds. This guy plays so hard. And I'm going, wow. W- yeah.
1: His his wow. motor is in, his motor is incredible. The two-way ability is incredible. Um, obviously Chamberlain and Russell are legends and played in a different time. Um, but to even mention them and mention him in that same sense, sentence, of course, is uh, this guy is, has is five. Pretty, wa- Eric, he has five. Well, blocks. Pre- right. It's pretty incredible to think about considering he, you know, started playing basketball uh, midway through his life, I believe at age 13. So I am, you know, I I'm watching him thinking about all the different ingredients, right? Like I'm thinking about the seven foot, athletic ability and the motor like KG. I'm thinking about the just the power and presence going down the floor like LeBron James, like like a freight train. And he's got these little things that he's taken from these guys, whether he's purposely taken them or just that's how his talents and abilities have panned out. But, you know, let's also not forget the work that he has done on his body. And that is truly impressive and incredible. And, you know, we look at, uh, and obviously, you know, I've been living in this space for quite a while in terms of looking at the game the last 25 years and uh, being deep in the, the KG time portal, but we look at 25 years ago when the game started to evolve in terms of Hybrid four men and seven footers putting the ball on the floor, and just these skill sets growing and growing to the point where we don't have to or want to pigeonhole these talents into these specific positions anymore. And Giannis is now reinventing that at a different kind of level. And we can't even, like, obviously, we know the world we live in with the social media commentary and the comparisons and all that. I don't know how to place or classify Giannis yet, because to your point, he's the furthest thing from a finished product at age 26 with two MVPs and now a world championship. It's going to be really scary, I think, in two years when we see what these added ingredients are going to be. And I'm hoping because of how they've built this team and the connection it has with its fans and its fan base and the opportunities that it's created for other guys let's say a Bobby Portis who finally found his NBA home there I hope this is a place where guys want to go and be part of what's being built around Giannis I think that will be really special for Milwaukee and the league just getting back to uh, the question at hand
0: well at this stage because he is the best player
1: so Kevin Durant is no longer the best player in the NBA in your opinion right now it is Giannis well well Or it's 1A, 1B, and Giannis holds it slightly because he just won the NBA championship.
0: I have a different def I have a different definition of what the you know the, the the narratives are. Okay. Yep. Player X scores 45 points a game. We immediately say he's the best. Okay. When you look at the totality of the game, last time I checked, there's an offense, there's a defense
1: last time that i checked
0: okay when you start saying the best player let's include the entire game i'm here for it okay let's include offense full court offense half court offense isolation offense screen roll offense being able to accept the double team offense being able to play on the weak side Verticality, three-point ball, Transition. it's a lot of the it's a lot of things going on. I-, I know being on television myself, it's hard, and I'm gonna give them guys an out. It's hard to get to all of those aspects of the offense mm. in a 30-second sound bite. Unlike we
1: can do it here on the podcast. On the defensive as long, side. As long as as long as we're not gonna be like Perk and Jalen today, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and and go at each other. Yeah,
0: well, there's no need if we if, if we're dedicated to the truth, no matter where it comes from, it's impossible for us to argue because we're we we got a we got a game plan. We're game planning here. If the this if is, the game we, plan we, is forced,
1: and I just want to hammer that home, we are dedicated to the truth. To the, if, here if, the if we're Pier dedicated here, now on the defensive end, you have full court defense,
0: half court defense, versatile defenders. Can you defend multiple positions? Can you block shots? Are you on ball, off, off ball, ball, post, uh, weak, strong? Swe- okay, when you say the best player, the best player is going to affect the most categories on the totality of the game. Check I haven't, off. I haven't seen a player who affects the totality of the game in today's game more than Giannis. Is he the best offensive player? That's Kevin Durant. Is he the best in the open court? Okay, if you said LeBron, okay, you could say LeBron or Giannis or Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah, you could say that. If you said who's the best at covering space, oh, I don't think anybody's going to say Giannis can get from half court to the basket in one dribble or two.
1: You, if, if you're leaving out, you're leaving out one category that I don't want us to forget. That I know is going to resonate with you when you're when you're done. When you're done.
0: Okay, so when you say the totality of the game, this young man has emerged as the best because there isn't a player in today's game that can rebound that ball on the defensive end, take it the length of the court, and then come back on the other end and be a defensive rim protector. And switch and guard CP3, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Jokic, whomever. And help and recover and play vertical basketball. And there isn't a player with his unique ability in today's game. So when I say what has emerged from all of this greatness, because we see greatness all the time. He has emerged as the best because he can affect the the the, 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 the most uh positions. Or the things we're discussing here in basketball. There isn't a player that can that can t- cover as much space as him. When you talking about the game of basketball. Well, you, Couldn't, there, agree.
1: You, you, Couldn't agree more.
0: Now, everyone can have their opinions. But if you just put all of the things that we're talking about. Giannis yes. will be at the top or near the top of all of those categories. There isn't a guy who affects more categories than him. So I'm saying he has emerged as the best. Now when you have the best player, now what Giannis has learned and I've watched him do it in this last series, he's learned how to play blended basketball. He knows he can affect the game because his game, unlike those other great players that are in the, are in the league, he can affect the game without scoring the basketball. Yep. There are, there aren't a lot of players who come around who could do that. This is what makes me look at him and go, God, that's like, I mean, Bill Russell wasn't a scorer, but how did he win 11 championships? Because he didn't have to score to be the best player. That's different than being a great talent. He has emerged as the best player because the best player affects one of the three things. Defense, you've heard me say it, rebound, And sharing the basketball. Giannis now affects defense. The guy rebounds, and now he's playing a blended style of play where he accepts the double team and how he passed the ball in game five. I I think he had 11 assists or so, or something, whatever he had. You're saying, oh my goodness, here's a guy that's passing the ball to his teammates and he's scoring 40, 50 points in a game, and he can't even shoot a consistent jump shot yet. So you're talking about a guy now that's only gonna get better, and he is affecting the game in a way that not many can do. This isn't a comparison to, he can affect the game in a way that not many can do and have done in this NBA. He's becoming an exceptional passer. He's going to be better, if you can believe it, from the post. He's going to be better with his jump shooting. He's going to be a three-point shooter. When he becomes all of those things, we won't even have a debate who is the best player. He's doing this now without any of that. So all I'm saying is, I'm not, I don't have to bash or talk about the other play- those other players are great Every- these guys are great and who are we talking about here we're talking about LeBron James we're talking about Kevin Durant we're talking about Steph Curry we're talking about Ant we're talking about all of the very best of the best out of that has emerged a player who affects more categories than any player in the NBA right now at the highest level he has emerged Luka Doncic you can put Joel Envy you can put Jokic these are great players. These aren't good players. These are great players. He has emerged. From that, I think this team can continue to build around his talent in multiple ways as his game develops. At some point, at some point, he will get further away from the basket. Which is going to be really scary for the rest of the NBA. At yes. some point, he will probably put on more just natural weight and be able to sit in the post
1: like Shaq used to do.
0: He's only 26. He didn't even got the he doesn't even got his old
1: man weight on him yet. And 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 the key to them staying alive in the postseason was him saying, Okay, no more jumpers. We're going to the basket. We're we're gonna be aggressive and we're gonna go. And as much as I want to see him develop the 15-foot turnaround from the, the pinch post and develop the um, the three ball, whether he's trailing or it's part of the offense or uh, change of direction, dribble, move into a pull-up, the more he lives in the paint, the better it is for him, the better it is, it is for the Bucks, for And it pronounces and it amplifies what I was going to add before. The key thing that you've described without saying it is he has a presence like very few that we've ever seen in the league. And that became the ultimate difference here. And that's what has me so excited about who he is at 26 and who he is going to be as we move forward. So yes, now that's off to Giannis.
0: Now, I want to say, this us answer your question. So because he has emerged as the best player, he can affect the bottom line of the game. So the best player, the best players that have ever played have all said the same thing. I got this. Tim Duncan, he didn't leave San Antonio. Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Those guys, if you want to win, they all say all championships. Kobe come. Bryant.
1: Kobe Bryant.
0: Kobe. All championships come through me. You can go other places and chase. You could, I'm not here to debate on how you do it. I'm just saying if you are the best player, all championships when Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Matt Design, all championships came through them. From this point moving forward, y'all would have win a championship y'all gotta go through Milwaukee because he gonna be there I'm not saying mm-hmm. they gonna win it but you better you gotta beat him because he is gonna be in position for the next conservatively speaking six years probably the next ten years you gonna have to go through the Milwaukee Bucks and I don't care who's playing with them because he's winning right now Eric without a player that was drafted in the lottery other than Brooke Lopez, I, I, uh, yeah,
1: Brook Lopez was the answer. But he wasn't
0: yeah, drafted. He wasn't drafted no, of by course. that team. So right. Eric, he is p- not playing with the traditional way to win a championship or build a team with any sustainability. He is that good.
1: And Chris Middleton was that overlooked and the throw-in. Chris in the Middleton was Detroit. is a second-round pick, and, and I pick. don't see and, and I don't see Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or Brooke Lopez with all of their collective journeys they've had. Yeah. I don't see those guys wanting to play anywhere else. Obviously, right, right. they have to make the right business no. decisions for themselves and their families. But yeah. why, 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 why stray from that? Now, let, 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 let's let's imagine this. Let's just imagine this.
0: We can debate here whether Chris Middleton is a top ten player. We we can debate that. We can debate that. It doesn't matter. Right? Some people may say yay. Some people may say no. It doesn't. But let's give him a, let's give the odds on favorite here. If we gave him a a definite top 10 player, let's say we put LeBron on Milwaukee. We're not debating who's going to win the championship next year. If we gave him Anthony Davis, if we gave him Kawhi Leonard, if we gave him, Kevin Durant. We are not having a debate here on who is the odds-on favorite because he is that good. Yeah. That, that's how good this guy is. He, he can play with anybody because he could he just be a yeah. shot blocker. And,
1: and, and from a skill set standpoint, whether you rank Chris Middleton 10th, 15th, 28th, or 32nd, his skill set, demeanor, and just how he goes about his business, his business. he's perfect for Giannis. He's perfect for Giannis. He's perfect for, perfect. He's he's perfect for Milwaukee. He's perfect, he's perfect for the for organization. organization. It's a perfect fit. And thats I, all don't that care. I don't care where the player ranking states. Who cares? No, he, he, he fits he's in that He's subjective player rankings.
0: But that is how good he is, and he's emerged as the best. And they can debate it. That's what, that's what sports is about. We should have our opinions. But at the end of the opinion, you got to support the opinion with the facts. He has emerged as the best one out of all of these great talents that we see night in and night out
1: in the NBA. Beautifully stated. Um. Pivoting to the Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns. Um, We said it at the top of the show. There are going to be so many teams next year who feel like they can win it. Where do the Suns go from here with Chris Paul on a career clock at age 36?
0: Well, first, you got a great foundation. You have two foundational pieces. And the big fella, DeAndre Ayton, we can't forget he's only 22. Giannis was... Simply sensational, that series. But I'm about to say something I think is going to sound crazy. I thought DeAndre Ayton did a
1: really good job against him. I really did. Oh, I mean, I mean, I I mean, mean yeah. when you play against he, a great he, player. He he, 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 he he battled, he competed, he and this it. was like no I mean, test he ever had
0: before. You're 22, and you're playing against Giannis. And the coach puts you in a situation and said, you know what? We feel that's a good matchup. That says a lot about your ability. Okay? Now, DeAndre Ayton is just touching the surface as well. Mm
1: -hmm. He
0: gave you – he showed you glimpses throughout the playoffs and in this series that I'm –
1: Still no go-to moves, but you can see the makings of it. Still doesn't have a consistent jumper, but you see the makings of it. And you said it perfectly a week or two ago. He's getting most of his numbers in the flow of the game. You don't have to run anything for him. Yeah. Now,
0: what I think
1: this team is going to have to do,
0: right? Whether it's a year from now, next year, a year and a half from now, is they're going to have to change the tempo of the game and how they play. Now, they got to the NBA Finals because Chris Paul was was and has been terrific for them this entire year, okay? Just like, and I'm going to give an example so you can know where I'm going with this, Eric. At one point, the Lakers used to be Kareem's team. Suddenly, it shifted to Magic's team, and Kareem became the number two guy, okay? Now, right now, if you said the pecking order, I would argue that Devin Booker is the primary offensive player. Yes. Chris Paul DeAndre Aiden DeAndre Aiden is going to have to go to two and at some point if you're going to ask me where I think this should go DeAndre Aiden should go to one Interesting. and the, and, the, and the reason I say that is because of the following is I don't think Devin Booker is tall enough to pass out of a double team hmm. okay to, and in order to be in order to pass out of a double team there has to be you have to have two essential things. One, you got to have length so you can see over the double team. And you got to have big enough hands where you can hold the ball with one hand to pass around the double team.
1: Superpowers. Okay. So when you say, when you go like double the, Giannis. Like, like the like the three guys on the wall behind you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you go, when you double Giannis, when you double Giannis, his hands are so big, he's like holding the ball with one hand, looking over the defense. Well, you used to double-team Michael, he had a Magic, Kareem. You have to have big enough hands to be able to accept the double-team. If you could just play one-on-one basketball, it's very difficult for you to pass out of a double-team with two hands. This is just a little inside information here. So I think DeAndre Ayton has big enough hands to be able to pass it out of a double-team if team if he's good enough offensively, which would give the rest of the team an advantage. Yep. Devin For Booker, sure. I don't... Devin Booker is a phenomenal one-on-one player. He's, he's a phenomenal... Also
1: sh- he also showed he's a very good playmaker, too, when it, needed, if he has to bump to the one.
0: Absolutely. But it, when you don't have big hands... Yep. You have... That was the one thing about Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, that he didn't have. He did not have big hands where he could hold the ball out of one hand. He would accept the double team and then he would get out of it quick. He would pass it and then cut. That's one way to do it. Okay? Another way to do it is to draw the double team out, which you see a lot of guards do because they don't have big enough hands. That's what made John Stockton such a unique player. He had such big hands. He could pass around the screens. He had his hands are huge. If you ever shake the guy's hand, it's like the guy's a 7-footer. But he's trapped in this little 6-foot or 6-1 <laughs> body. He's got the biggest hands I've ever seen for a, for a little guy. Rondo has big hands. Yep. LeBron Easy, has big hands. You have to have big hands to be Dwayne Wade, even though he was 6-4, he had big hands. It's 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 essential. So that's one, KG, Shaq. I'm picturing these guys on the post. You have to have big... This isn't a knock against his game. Devin Booker, they need Devin Booker to score 30 a night. They just need to make sure they play through DeAndre Ayton so that DeAndre Ayton could create or at least accept a double team to give them what we call easy baskets. Michael sometimes would just take on a double team so the rest of us could get going. Hey, But you got to have the big enough hands to pass out, pass out of the double team. Okay, so I think next year, they're going to have to ascend to DeAndre Ayton at the very least becoming the number two guy with the yep. responsibility of saying, let's just say this because it's not like demoting Booker. You're just going to say 1A and 1B.
1: Like, you you understand which will will, yeah, which will make them a better team. Which will make them a better team. And they're obviously a very good passing team. They're very unselfish with the ball, And, and and that makes total sense. So my 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 follow up to that is aside from talent ascending and developing, you know, for instance, last year they knew they wanted Jay Crowder. They knew how he would fit. They added him. He fit perfectly in that role. I don't have the contract in front of me, but Crowder and Bridges and Cameron Payne appear to be three guys that you know they're going to want to keep in those roles. So, knowing that, if they could add another valuable role playing piece, what does that piece need to be based on the roster and what you saw in this playoff run?
0: I think they need to, I think what they need to do, if you're asking me, is one, change the style of play. If Chris Paul is going to be effective moving forward, which he's in great shape, he's playing the game at a high level, if you can maintain and manage his minutes, I think you Mm -hmm. can get another two good years out of him provided you play a different style. I cannot ask Chris Paul to play at a pace that you currently see in the NBA play. He can't just go out there and chase John Morant and Donovan Mitchell and (laughs) he can't do that he's 36 but what he can do is he can still manage a game when the game slows down which it normally does in the second half and it really slows down in the playoffs if they can play a style of play where they can win when the game is slow that's why I think you should play through DeAndre Ayton Mm -hmm. and and get bigger players I think it's time for them to win with depth and win slowing the game down. And they have to get someone who can defend those fours. Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, they're not big Sarich, enough. Sarich. No, they're, they're not big they, enough. They,
1: they, I think they need a versatile, uh, athletic, athletic man okay. who so, can.
0: Who, so I'm just using a guy like this. like, you need a guy who can specifically defend fours and fives. Because DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton has shown me the ability to defend two positions at the very least. Mm -hmm. So just get one guy who can defend against those other guys, because that other guy has one role on the offensive end. He sets screens and he dives to the basket.
1: So do you think this is somebody that needs to play with DeAndre or behind him as a reserve or both?
0: I think, I think he does both. I see. I, 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 I love those guys. Like, And I'm not saying it because he's a client and I had to disclose that. I love those guys like JaVale McGee Mm -hmm. because those guys don't demand or command touches, but they're athletic enough to where that's a problem because of his size. So DeAndre Ayton, who clearly can play the four now, he's a five, but he can play like a four. But Mm -hmm. I love putting him with guys that can allow him to be who he should be, which is he should get touches. That guy has, that guy has a lot of ability at twenty two. There's, there's a there's a lot of versatility to I that I, I love guys like I love guys like Bismack Biombo who just yeah. just you need athletic people who can just fill a role. Remember those guys like Mark Averoni and those guys. <laughs> like you need those guys.
1: An Avrani reference.
0: Yeah I yeah, love I, I love that. those guys. I love those guys. I, I love those. I love those guys who we know what they're able to, what they're capable of doing, what they're going to do, and they're athletic enough to play this game, but they're big enough.
1: Well, you know who would fit really well with them is uh, a duplication of Bobby Portis would work beautifully for them.
0: <laughs> Bobby Portis, though, he needs to play a, alongside another big body and keep. See, Crowder to me is the ultimate utility player. Yep. Because you could play if the game gets physical, or the game gets fast, or you need. He's like Crowder is like my. Well, I, he can, I him he can
1: defend. He can, he can defend three positions. This is, He can shoot I, the three. three. You never have to run anything for, to him, for him, and he's and always he in the right place at the right time.
0: I love Crow. Now Crowder, I want Crowder to play against Bobby Portis, but what I don't want Crowder to do is have to play against Giannis. Right. You understand. If you go to win, yeah. let's put the let's get to the matchup. Right. But I do want size and length to play against Giannis and someone who I'm saying, you better not walk out of this game with six fouls.
1: You got six fouls. Use them. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. You understand yep. what yep. I'm saying yep. here? Yeah, 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 For sure. Okay. For sure. You you also have me daydreaming about Jake Crowder back on the Celtics and Bobby Portis in so, a different shade of green, but that's besides the point.
0: Yeah, so I, I want Crowder. Uh, Cameron Johnson and Cameron Payne. Oh, and I forgot Cameron Johnson. Johnson. He, of course, is part Payne of the future. And all those guys yeah. that come off the bench. I I if I were them, I would figure out how to change the tempo of how I'm gonna play by playing through the big fella and saying, Devin, your job is to score 30 a night, and the big fella's job is to get good enough to where all of a sudden we got to double team him. I want teams to say double team because I want want Devin Booker to get easier baskets. Like he works... Yes. Again, this is just my opinion. He works entirely too hard to get 30, 40 points.
1: And is still fairly efficient for the most part in doing so.
0: I mean, when I tell you he makes... I mean, this guy makes... He's a shot maker. He makes some tough shots, okay? But imagine if he knew... Remember when Shaq first went to Miami? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Dwayne Wade played against single coverage every night because everybody had to double Shaq, even though we probably will say Dwayne Wade or argue Dwayne Wade was the best player on that team. But Shaq was the one who drew all the double teams. This is how I want Devin Booker to play. If I could get DeAndre Ayton good enough to accept the double team. Imagine Devin Booker just having to play against single coverage all year long. That—that's—that's that's my goal for Devin Booker. Mm. I want to get this Scary. guy so good where you never have to see another double team again. That's what—that's what Kobe Bryant understood after Shaq left. Oh wow, I'm getting double team now.
1: Yep. And Powell was the perfect remedy for that once he got him. Okay,
0: but I think DeAndre Ayton is good enough to command a double team. That's what I'm saying, which will make Devin Booker's job easier, which will yeah. it lessen but, the but pressure. At, but at
1: worst, neither of them get doubled, and they're playing They're playing in one-on-one situations with space in comfortable spots well,
0: when they're we, running we, their we, stuff.
1: At, at worst, at right. best, yeah. DeAndre's getting doubled on the post. He's getting a ton of attention on screen roll, and that opens up the floor for everybody else. Yes. Definitely.
0: So I, I, that's what I would do. That's how I see the Remedy building their team changing how they play, going from a pace team to slowing it down. When I say slow it down,
1: we're Flight going to balance.
0: Well, I learned this from a coach. He said, BJ, we're going. I don't want to ever hear you as the point guard use the term secondary offense. Hmm. We're either going to run or we're going to run our sets. That's your job. And if you don't do that, I'm taking you out because I'm not going to blame them for secondary stuff. The
1: old secondary break, the secondary. No, it, I can't. I can't tell you how much. I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm having flashbacks to running five on zero secondary <laughs> so breaks in I high g- school. Run,
0: how many times did we actually use it? Run as yep. an opportunity. Secondary breaks means you're not running. You're just. Yep. Floating. You're jogging. You're, you're jogging. Talking. So if you're having opportunity, run all day. DeAndre Ayton can run all day. Devin Booker, you run all day. But if that's not there, Bring run your set. set. Run your set, and then let's play out of it. Uh,
1: how's this? How's this for a slogan? Ready? Run with purpose.
0: Oh man, there you go. There that, you that, 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 that's that's run what I would with do. Purpose. with The Phoenix Suns, because DeAndre Ayton could easily creep into being a top 10 player in this NBA yeah. we'll
1: at keep 22. An eye on Yeah, we'll keep an eye on this uh, free agency market. There are some interesting names out there who could be rotational role player um, contributors on very good teams. So um, we will see um, what presents itself in, in the next few weeks. And that's something uh, we'll discuss at some point. Um, real quick. We were having a, I can't remember what the subject matter was, but it, we were talking about um, just some historic stuff a couple of weeks ago in this window of the last two decades. Um, it was playoff-based, but I, I forgot. So as I was sketching out today's um, notes for us, you know, Giannis's performance, obviously, uh, legendary. Um, thinking back the last two decades, thinking back to when Kobe and Shaq started their uh first repeat, what are some really memorable finals performances that come rushing back in the last 20 there? in the last 20 years in, in the last 20 years, I'm talking about guys who just um, did things that you either never saw before, were amazed by or just really stuck with you in a, in a special kind of way?
0: Well, Shaq had a run there when he scored 40, I think like 40 and 10, like two or three times in a row or something in the finals. And I was like, wow. Like, like I was just like, okay. He is without question. One of the most dominant players ever. (laughs) Just like ever. Okay. Um, what stands out to me, I remember that game. Shaq was having an amazing finals against the Indiana Pacers in Indiana. And I can just remember Kobe Bryant. Shaq fouls game, out.
1: Game four. Lakers and, up
0: 2-1. Yeah, and Shaq fouls out, and Kobe just got into that rare area, that rare zone where only the elite players get into.
1: But you're you're forgetting the important part of that story. Kobe he, is playing he's on a, sprained a badly sprained, sprained ankle.
0: ankle. Yeah, I mean, it was just he just he just he just settled into the game and, and got into him, a space. Yeah, told he, told he him, I I got, got, it. got it. Yeah, I got, got it. Got it. Um, you know, the 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 finals when LeBron and those guys in Game Seven in golden state i can i can just because regardless of whatever you know your thoughts about a game seven it's damn near impossible to win a game seven in the finals on the road that's damn near impossible task
1: how many times have we seen that i was i'm trying trying to think in the annals of history right yeah that, Um, that was
0: a I, I just heard that that was an incredible like, that's almost impossible, okay. Yeah. That that was a bit Kevin Garnett celebration in the Garden to me was just I don't know why that moment I can see him screaming or whatever. It just that was just cagey, like yep. um, quite a um, ride
1: to that moment. Quite yeah, that was
0: you know that was that was awesome. Um, Tim Duncan. I think it was game five or six when they beat Miami. He had a massive game. Like he just, it was like he just waits to
1: have big games and big moments. Um, oh, yeah. And people forget about his yeah, big yeah, games yeah. the year they lost in yeah, 2013. He, yeah. He so just, he was, unbelie- he was unbelievable in that series. Yeah.
0: It's just, it's almost like I always feel like watching him, like pop says, okay, Tim, I need you to be Tim Duncan just one game. He's like, Tim, pop, I only got one time to do it. Because I'm old now, <laughs> yep. and he did it. I mean, he was just like Tim Duncan for one moment.
1: Um, that's the Wayne Wade in 2006 against Dallas when they were down 2-0 in that series, and then he just flipped yes. the switch. They they had no answers for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he was phenomenal. And and this Dirk, this Dirk
1: in 2011, his redemption against Miami when he led the Mavericks to the title is extremely memorable because. Yeah, Dirk was nobody. Dirk was nobody great. gave him. Nobody gave him a shot. Nobody was overly impressed with that team. But and, um, I, this. Uh,
0: but this. This championship here, I will remember this. This fifty-point oh, yeah. effort, in the closeout game is like, because you know there are like moments. You know, I will remember this moment, because I think this is going to be the moment where you're going to say, "Remember when? Remember oh, yeah. we're going to we're going to say, hey, remember when we saw Giannis? Yeah. Like
1: oh it's a remember the, yeah and and we, we've seen uh a number of remember when moments at different points during the playoffs but this is this is an all-time remember when. Yeah, it's Definitely. like you yeah,
0: they're like you know remember when and then we're going to finish the sentence. He's yeah.
1: it's it, nice. I this is it's, just, yeah this, this is a nice one to think about. I uh I was going to call you after the game and I got I got really oh, I, wish you I got I got sucked into the celebration and uh I was I, I mean full full tra- uh full uh full disclosure. I'm sitting on the couch just I'm crying with Giannis. It was yeah, super how, how it was super know? emotional. It was yeah. it was everything that we love about team sports, even though we're celebrating this one great talent right now, but he represented that team and that city so wonderfully. So that's definitely a remember one moment for sure. Yeah,
0: I mean look. As I'm watching the game here, as you know, Eric, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Marvel comic guy. I love the arc of the hero. I study the arc of the hero. I love a great villain. I love the arc of the hero. When you tell a story about a hero, you want that, you want to see that hero fall down. You want to be able to relate to that hero on a human level. You want to see your heroes. Raise up from the ashes against all the odds and overcome and believe when there's no reason you should believe. Giannis is the story that we believe in. His story is like, this guy came out of nowhere. <laughs> His story if you if you catch up on his backstory, like how could you not love the guy? His did you see? Did you hear how thoughtful he was after winning? I mean, with such humility, he said, "What can you take? How are you feeling about winning this championship?" And he says, "I hope that all young people in Europe and Africa can follow their dreams." Like how thoughtful is that? He's like one of us, so the arc of the hero. I I love the arc of the hero because it's like that's why I love Marvel comics. My wife's like, "You're fifty years old. What are you doing?" I was like, "It's the storytelling
1: within the story." What is your favorite Marvel story arc?
0: Wife, okay. You see,
1: I'm a Dark think, Knight guy, so that's I, that's not Marvel. Well, that's that's my I, yeah,
0: favorite. Yeah, you're, you're a DC guy. Okay. The story arc is all the same.
1: True. So see. We, so what's your favorite property? I like to What's your favorite property and, and and characters that it's associated with? My bad, okay. better. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. My favorite one. Well, the backstory I I, I love the backstory of the Black Panther. I love the I like the black sto- the the backstories better than the actual
1: character sure. itself. Like uh, uh, grounding like, the Black Panther in, in Oakland is is brilliant. Yeah, it's Incredible. like
0: yeah, it's like and then how it's connected to WandaVision and how it's connected to Captain America, like all of these back the backstories, like the Captain America backstory is like wow. Oh wow. Hmm. You know, like I just love the backstory. So, you know, you know, Iron Man and these guys are good, but the backstory to me is better. You know, like, how do you arrive at, like, this? Like, Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man's backstory. I, I love Spider-Man's backstory. I mean, it's um, Queens.
1: It's Queens, New York. Yeah, how could you not like
0: it? 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 You know, um, Star Wars, to me, the the, the, the the backstories are just, like, like facet. Like, the whole Anakin backstory to me, is like beyond brilliant like it's beyond brilliant like all of the character flaws yeah
1: no i was just gonna say how do you compare that with the uh bruce wayne story of gotham and the joker backstory i i I like
0: that yeah i like that story like you know like i don't know if you're watching like loki and all that stuff like i'm watching it like these backstories are like
1: No, sounds like I'm gonna need uh, oh, yeah, like yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need a, a whole another list. Don't from you. start like, down this, I, this Well no, I love the Dark Knight films, but I'm not a superhero comic book film turned into movie yeah. fan by by you know these, in the norm. Yeah, it's just yeah, these- never been a it's never been a genre that's interested me until the Dark Knight, which just blew me away. It's like when Lord of the Rings came out. I had no interest in the genre. Then I sat down and watched the films, and I was blown away by them. The, the storytelling,
0: on uh, the I, I love the, the, the arc of the hero. I love it. Just like I love, because the hero and the villain, they're the same. They're the same. they the, the, You can't be a villain unless you start off like, you could take your power and go good, or you could take your power and go bad but you could also like the jedi do your power and be naive and not see the whole picture <laughs> it's the stories that are it's the stories within no. the stories that are you just you know what I'm
1: you know what I'm going to say to that these are uh these are not the droids you're looking for yeah um, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so as a kid i mean the han solo character was Easily my favorite character. Oh, I, like, I could
0: see that. I could see easily,
1: that. Easily, easily. A friend of mine had my oldest friend. Shout out to my oldest friend Ross. Uh, since we're three years old, he was the first one of my friends to get like the Millennium Falcon like toy, and I'll never forget like going to his house and we had the Millennium Falcon. And I'm talking like I'm like six years old, like crazy young Jedi came out, I believe that year. I'll never forget watching Empire Strikes Back for the first time at way too young of an age. Like, all of that was, was was very, very impactful. And then, you know, God bless my parents who just started putting all of these ridiculous films in front of me that were made in the 50s, 60s, and 70s right. that I was too young to watch. You know, most kids are loving, um, you know, Goonies and the Star Wars films. And, you know, I'm watching Jaws and The Untouchables and oh, Dirty Harry and shit oh, like that. That's, that's, you know what I mean? But... uh but no, um, the parallels between the heroes and the villains and those narratives in the game we love of yeah. basketball and then comparing them to cinema and film uh, is, is a whole lot of fun. So um, we said we were going to be quick today. and uh, we're approaching one sure So real quick, putting you on the spot, um, give me uh, one team in the East and one team in the West that is a move away in terms of adding the right piece, one move away from elevating to the next level next year. So that doesn't necessarily mean elevating from a four or a five five, seed to a finals team, but one team that's a move away from making a big improvement. Who jumps to mind?
0: The New York Knicks in the East the Knicks okay. in the East uh, I think they are one move away and what you skill
1: know? set and position is that
0: well I I, I I think I think what they have to do is figure out the following they have a lot of really really good pieces like RJ Barrett Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle Emmanuel Quickly. Ob Toppin, uh, Kevin Knox, they have some. I mean, those are really good players, really, really good players. And then you have Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson, Taj Gibson and uh, Nerlens Noel. They got like a lot of like players who are Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, and all these guys. Okay, I think they are one player away that could elevate them. And I think they have a lot of enough pieces to go get that player. They are in a really nice position right now. They have cal- salary cap space. They have players on short-term deals and they have a lot of players on their rookie scale contract. Mm-hmm. I just think they are in a beautiful, beautiful place right now. And they could be in a an excellent space to win for many years to come. I think they are in a, in the right space. On the West Coast, I think it's the Clippers. Okay, now. At some point, the Clippers here are going to have a breakthrough. They're going to have a breakthrough at some point. And it's going to either be a breakthrough bad, or it's going to be a breakthrough. (laughs) For better or worse, there will be a a breakthrough. breakthrough. There will be a breakthrough. Because they're knocking at the door. So now you're saying this year, wow, if Kawhi was here, we could have won it. That's what they're saying now. Yep. Okay. But we don't know if when Kawhi is coming back. But they're saying here, if he was there, and if he was there, maybe there's a different outcome. Because Kawhi Leonard was arguably playing the best basketball of any player at that particular time before he went down. You could argue the Dallas series, he was playing terrific basketball. Took, and we took know over the series. And we know he can play on both ends of the court. So if they can add the right piece, I think they are missing a lead guard. I thought Rondo was a great pickup, but they Reggie Jackson seems to be the a better fit for them.
1: Uh and, and he and he played great. He played, so he played great. So yeah. how do you how do you if you're the Clippers how are you looking at that position where I think they you've have to got... get a
0: player that can play down I, I I okay I so, I Richie so w- w-
1: so w- w- why is Reggie w- why is and isn't Reggie the guy I to think fill Reggie that? Jackson
0: I think Reggie is better suited in a championship run to come off the bench. I was going to say six-man
1: yeah. scoring guard off the bench, similar yeah. to what yeah. Lou will was.
0: Yeah, because why? I will always maintain in today's game. There's two things you need, right? You you have to be able to defend, and you and you better have a guard who can play downhill. You better have a guard who can play downhill, and I think the Clippers would be better served with Kawhi Leonard. Paul George on the wing. I think it's Markeith. Is that Mark, Is that Markeith? Um, no, Marcus. Marcus. Marcus at the four. Marcus Morris at the four. Four. Yep. And and the big fella, uh, Zubak and Serge Ibaka at the fives. Okay. That gives you a nice one is athletic. The other one is big. So that's here. I, I like that combination. Reggie Jackson coming off your bench. And you got a guard who can play downhill. You got a guard who can play downhill. Now, that gives you three ball handlers who can initiate your offense against pressure, right? Your, your, your lead guard. Kawhi Leonard, we know can do it. Paul George, we know can do it. So you should have no problem in getting in your offense as the pressure builds in late games. And they have two excellent wings that can attack the rim on both sides of the floor. I think that's terrific.
1: Now, and have enough left in the tank defensively and, because wait, of those ball handlers uh, yes, where they don't have to do it all every night on both ends.
0: Right, and I, and I, and I like that. Now, you know, I, that, that's what I that's what I think. You know, I, I love Pat Bev and I love his energy, but you have to have a guard who can play downhill. You have to in today's game. You, you cannot have offensive players, especially on the perimeter, who can't play screen roll and who can't attack the other team's lead guards. You have to
1: be able to do that. Be interesting to see if they uh, make an offer to Alonzo Ball. We will see. We We will will see. see. So I was going to ask you about some draft memories, but instead, the other night, don't remember what night. It was this week. And... I don't know if we've talked about this. I've, I've come to the realization the last few months with all of the content projects and things that I do every day that when I watch something, I, I need to like completely zone out. And it has to be whether it's an old school game, a film, a documentary, an interview with a director, whatever it is. But like I need contrast. And the other night I'm just going through the channel guide and on the Big Ten Network. 1987. Oh, the man. Iowa Hawkeyes oh, against man. the Fighting Illini. Oh, man. man on man. the road. Oh, man. In Champaign. Man, don't you have something else better to do? There was like seven minutes left in the broadcast. I'm like, is BJ on TV right now in the time machine? And I put it oh, on, man. and it's you. It's Kevin Gamble. And it's the guy I love to scream at because he just wasn't. The guy the Celtics needed, Brad Lojas, who I used to yell out as a kid. But watching him as your teammate was fantastic, Bradley. and I'm watching and I'm watching you guys just grind out this tough road win in in Champagne. And you had a couple of big moments, and um, it was just funny. It wasn't what I was expecting to see, but there you were. Yeah, in we 19, were down in, in uh, 1987.
0: I know we were down. I don't remember how exactly how many. Yeah, you
1: guys many. came back.
0: Yep. Yeah, we were down big. I like, you know, as the story goes, we we're down 50 points. But I think we were down like, I don't know, 15 <laughs> or 20 points or so late in that game on the road. And we came back to, uh, to win. It was some great players in that game. I mean, I think it was like Stephen Bardo, Kendall Gill, Kenny Battle. Kenny uh, Battle tough. Yeah, um, it was some That was some pros. I mean, it was a lot of pros on that floor. Yeah, you know? a lot, five a lot or of,
1: six NBA guys on that floor. Yeah,
0: yep. exactly. So, I mean... Those were great times. Those were good teams. Good memories of the Big Ten. That's when the Big Ten was, you know, I mean, it's, it's good now, but it was just so many good. I mean, Michigan, difference. Michigan State. Different. We were good. Illinois was good. Minnesota with Willie Burton and those guys were good. Ohio State wow. with Ohio State had like Brad Sellers. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Dennis Hobson. I mean, it was just, it was just Bloody loading, up. right? You know, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just, that, you know. That just, mid
1: to, that mid to late 80s through mid 90s was a really special time for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I with, think, yeah, I think Brad, I think I played against Brad. I can't remember. I, it's all runs together. But I just remember Ohio State was good. I mean, it was just, Big Ten was just, I mean, it was just good. Like, you know what I mean? It was just great teams oh, everywhere, know? It was, you know? it was,
1: it was you guys and the teams you just mentioned, and obviously the Hoosiers won the national title. Yeah, I can't, what can I think about Indiana? In 87. And, uh, but just the, the, the overlap to fab five and Sean Respert at Michigan state, who somewhere in my closet in, in a, or in a drawer is a Michigan state, Sean Respert Jersey that I never got rid of. He was my favorite college player. And most people don't know this. Um, Sean Respert gets drafted into the NBA. I believe he is the pick between KG and Damon Stottlemyre in the 95 draft. Correct me if I'm Uh wrong. And Sean Respert got stomach cancer and beat it. And he's a coach. Yeah, because people were always like, what happened to this guy?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was coaching. He was last, I remember. Right, but he 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 but but he was coaching the Bulls.
1: And I think he also had a job with with, with the league. I'm gonna look it up right now. But yeah, yeah, he was a, with
0: the league. Yeah. Can
1: you imagine Sean Respert's skill set in today's uh, NBA as yeah. that 6'3 combo guard?
0: Oh, he was. He was. He was. He was terrific. <sighs> yeah,
1: he was. Yeah. I'm sorry. He was drafted eighth overall in '95. So after Stottlemyer went to um, the Raptors. He was drafted by the Bucks, and um, I'm just I'm just reading this. Yeah, he had stomach cancer and did not talk about it until two,
0: 2005. Yeah. Sean and, is it a, a you know Sean is a Detroit kid. Yep, yeah, he's a Detroit kid. I believe he went to Bishop uh, Borges. I think he went to Bishop Bishop Borges High School.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Uh, he's, he's, Looking
1: at it right now. And he was with the Bulls uh, as director of player development uh until the end of last year. So I'm not sure if he then went to the league after that, but that's what he was that's what he was doing. But um Yeah, he was Sean was a really What a player. If you happen to be listening to this and you love college basketball, go to YouTube and type in Michigan State, Michigan from nineteen ninety. I think it's 93 or 94 and there's this Sean Respert, Michigan state versus Michigan battle, which is, is unbelievable. Um, so quickly draft this week. Um, I don't think it's going to feel like the, the regular normal NBA draft, but it's definitely headed back in that direction with where we are with the pandemic right now. Um, It is at Barclays. It will be in person, but I don't think it will be as um, uh, highly attended as in years past. So putting you on the spot, um, what's the one thing that stands out most from when you were drafted by the Chicago Bulls in June of 1989?
0: What's the thing that stands out most?
1: One so thing, what? I say I say your draft memory moment. What's the one thing that stands out that comes rushing back?
0: I had no idea what I was getting into. Had no idea.
1: <laughs> I <Yeah>. love that You want to be if you want to be truthful
0: like you know, <laughs> you could play it cool, you got your suit on, commissioner calls your name, you're shaking your hand. I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea. And you know, and all these kids. you know, and I was a, a senior. I graduated, you know, from college. And so I was a little older. I was 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine 18, 19 like these kids. That's why I'm so impressed with these guys like Giannis and these young players who come through on the other side. Like, I'm, I'm impressed with, like, LeBron. Just because, like, this guy came here straight out of high school. And he came out on oh. the other side to talk about it. Like, you know, like... I'm just impressed with these guys who were like, I had no idea what I was doing when I walked up there. Like, shake, just shake wait. The commission, near, shake, the, shake the commissioner's hand, hand. Look at the flash. And, look at the flashbulbs. And all I remember was a flashbulb. And then I don't, I don't remember seeing anything else. That's all I remember. And then it was like 11 years later. And I, I was like, I played 11 years. What happened? Like, where did it go? Like... <laughs> Well, no one gave me a manual. No one told me what to expect, how to do this, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm always impressed with these young guys, but I also understand why so many guys don't make it, right? It's easy to get drafted. There are a lot of guys who get drafted, but there aren't a lot of guys who make a career out of this.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, I'm, and that, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the guys in your draft who did make a career out of it. Yeah, it's and, not a lot of guys. It's not a lot of guys who make well, a career out of this. But in your draft... I'm I'm starting. I'm looking in the second round first to the first round. So guys that made a career out of it. Chucky Brown made a career out of it. Yep. Dino Raja made a career out of it. Started yep. in Europe, then went to the league. Doug West, thirty eighth pick. Minnesota. Cliff Robinson, rest oh, in peace, uh, uh, Uncle Cliff. Uncle Cliff, yes. Cliff yes. number thirty six. I can't believe he went 36th. That's crazy. Um, Vladi, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, before Vlade Divac. Um Sherman Douglas, the general, the general first pick of the second round. Kenny Battle, Vladdy Divots, Anthony Cook, Blue Edwards, Jeff Sanders. I want to see, do you remember who got picked before and after you? Who got picked before and after you in your draft?
0: I think before me was Sean Kemp, right? Correct. I, I, I remember that guy because I remember he was a high school kid and I was like, golly, and I, I remember, I remember him, I saw him and I was like, God, man, he's incredibly athletic. This was, you know, he's, and who got picked after me? I
1: I'll give you a idea. hint. He oh. went to Louisville. He went to Louisville. Kenny Payne? Correct.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I just, I just, uh, Kenny's a good guy. Kenny and I kind of, I, I he was like him and I were like the same story arc, you know. It's like we went, we made every All Star game together, every this, mm. and uh, really good player. He could really shoot. Yep. Kenny Payne, I think he was drafted by Philadelphia, right? Did he get drafted by Philly?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, a pick acquired from Seattle. Yeah. Dana Barros went 16. Yeah. Tim Hardaway right. went 14. 14. Mookie Blaylock 12. Nick Anderson 11. Your man's Pooh Richardson 10 knock 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 (laughs) knock. who's there yeah (laughs) that's my guy that's my guy that's we got to do another one of those uh basketball card uh pack breaks one of these days but yeah i mean glenn rice sean elliott J.R. reed stacy king george mcleod and then the top of that draft was pervis ellison and danny ferry so i guess if you're redoing that draft um sean elliott should have been the first pick in that draft um, uh, Sean Elliott was... Potentially. Was, uh, and the Celtics not only blew it by not taking Who did Harden. they take? Michael Young, right? They, take they Michael took Young. Michael No, well, no. They, they took Michael Young uh, yeah, from Michael, Houston in 1985. They, they, they Michael, took Michael Smith, Smith Michael from BYU. From Smith. BYU, that's what I meant. So, Michael Smith. Um, you know, when they had a need for... Um, you had John
0: Bagley. There's no way you're taking Tim Hardaway. You had Bagley. You had uh, Brian Shaw. You had Brian Shaw. Well, no, Brian well, Shaw? no,
1: no. So, so what happened was... In 88-89, that's the year Larry was out almost the whole year. Reggie Lewis emerges, 18 points a game. Shaw is a rookie. You know, they make the playoffs as an 8C without Larry. Then there's a contract issue with Shaw and the Celtics. And he leaves. And goes to Europe. And he goes to Italy.
0: Oh yeah, So great.
1: they had a glaring need because Dennis, Dennis Johnson was in his final moments of his career in 89-90. Kristen will clean that up in the edit. Dennis Johnson was in the final year; he was obviously about to retire. The team was transitioning. Right. The team had, I mean, uh, Jim Paxson was in the backcourt, and he was uh, Jim Paxson. Not yeah. the qui- not the quickest guy in the world. So it was like they need a guard. And you look at this now: Tim Hardaway, Dana Barros, and yourself—all would have fit very well with that team.
0: Man, you getting kick? You getting
1: you getting kickouts from Larry? That would have been
0: great. That would have been great.
1: <laughs> the legend, the legend, the legend. Chief. The legend. You, you dumping it down to Chief. I think I think it worked out well for everybody, though. Yeah, it worked yeah. well. Well, it didn't really work out well for the Celtics at that point. But that's that's uh, another.
0: Yeah, yeah. all I remember is John Bagley. John, Bagley was great. He was.
1: I love John Bagley.
0: John, uh, love uh, him. So just real quick, I know we're about to get out of here. So there was yeah. like three guards. That just you know, like you always have guards. You know when you come into the league, right? You know, like oh man, I'm playing against the star players, like right? Isaiah. And, and, but but it's those guys like no one ever prepared you for, like John Bagley,
1: man. Fat was Lever. He,
0: he was like John Bagley was tough, man. He was tough. Michael Adams, he, he. was tough. Michael Adams was tough. Uh, there was a guy who just gave me all types of problems, like, and and I gotta. This guy, Steve Coulter, like if Steve, Steve Coulter,
1: Coulter if Steve Coulter, Coulter if
0: Steve Coulter saw me today. He could just talk and say anything. And I can't say anything because Steve Coulter had a move. I, I don't even know how to describe it. You got to YouTube it. You just got to YouTube this move. He had, he would just type in Steve Coulter, crazy legs. It's, it's the craziest move I've ever seen. I can't believe no one's ever like everyone wants to do the crossover. Steve Coulter had this move where literally, I mean, if the guy sent a limo to my house to pick me up, I couldn't say anything because there was nothing I could do against it. Steve Coulter was just like it was the craziest move ever.
1: And he was one of those guys. And you gotta see this move. I'm looking it up. I was just I was just trying to remember where he played in college. He uh I think New I think Mexico or something. I think in New, New Mexico. Mexico state second yeah, yeah, yeah. round pick in the 84 draft.
0: Well, yeah. d- d- Steve Coulter is Was he did he go into broadcasting? I'm not sure. Steve Coulter Crazy Legs? No no, Steve called, that's what that's the move. It was like a Yeah. Is that what it's called? It should be no, called Crazy Legs. No.
1: No, that's what you were calling it.
0: Oh yeah, i called it Crazy Legs. I don't know what they call it on YouTube. <laughs>
1: uh Oh no, uh Steve Coulter, it comes up Steve Coulter the crooked leg on John Crooked topic. leg.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's the great it's the greatest move ever. But you can't even teach
1: it. It's so crazy. I'm watching crazy. it right now. I'm watching it right now. Hold on. Hold on. Ooh. Talking <laughs> about the behind the back? The behind yeah, the back? yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 unbelievable.
1: Hold on. There's a couple of them layered back to back here. Interesting, very subtle but quite effective. He was also—he's six foot. He's six foot three. He looks even taller than that because he's so lean. Steve coulter the crooked leg, the crooked oh the crooked leg crossover. Okay, is that what they call it? Yeah, is that what? They, yeah, yeah is it? this is this is this is better. Hold on, I gotta—you know who I have to ask about this? I, I gotta ask our guy. uh I guy coach Handy if he knows about the crooked leg crossover from from Steve Coulter. Oh, this is like a segment with Ernie and Isaiah and Barkley, where I think they're they're talking about it. I'll send this to you, uh I'll send this to you after the show. But for those of you listening at home and want to go down a ridiculous rabbit hole, look up Steve Coulter, C-O-L-T-E-R. The Crooked Leg. The Crooked Leg. Covered a lot today, my friend. Covered a lot. Yes, we did. Um NBA draft coming up next week. I'm going to be back in New York for our close of season two tapings for all the smoke. So uh, next week, we may be up in the air a bit. But I think uh, what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into some sort of uh, post draft free agency convo uh in early august and and go from there but uh all right great show today thanks as always to the team the one and only bruce bernstein editor Kristen woolley the entire pre-hoops media family check out the mike wise show dropping each and every monday i know they're working on something right now with some uh carolina basketball alum with george carl and george lynch And I believe Matt Darty and maybe one or two other Carolina alums. So stay tuned for that as the summer winds on. Catch and shoot 2.0, Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong. Wednesdays, Thursdays, it's Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure. Yes, that Monica McNutt, you're seeing all over the place on ESPN. And then, of course, BJ Armstrong, Eric Newman with the Pure Hoops podcast. Enjoy the weekend enjoy the draft stay healthy stay safe stay pure peace the pure hoops podcast is a presentation of pure hoops media